At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I am Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw coming to you from the Circus Studio here in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. It's Thursday. That means we're going to talk about NFL teasers. But we have a special guest today, also, Amal. Coming up in 30 minutes. The biggest green wave of them all, Sean King from the Nightcap is going to come on, talk a little Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Los Angeles Rams, divisional game, as well as a few others he might like to wager on. Should be a lot of fun. You know, only one of two quarterbacks is a rookie to make it to a conference championship game, so uh, get his thoughts on that. Yeah, greatest show on turf. Came up just a little bit short. Uh, Amal, let's get to teasers. It's Thursday. I want to take a look at how you tease these. Uh, four games, but I have a philosophical question about teasing. So as you may know, I appear with Todd Wishnev and uh, Dr. Gil Alexander on his Beating the Book Megapod during the football season. Is that a PhD or an MD? PhD in the Australian Open. Oh, got it. Um, the Gillionaire, as they call him. And we have guests on every week. We had Las Vegas Chris, unprecedented running contests over the last few years, on as well as Adam Chernoff. So we have a contest, three games against the spread, Every week. And now we're, we're wrapping up, right? So we only have a couple more picks to make. Um, and then we also do best two-team six-point teaser. I'm a game behind Gil in the, in the straight bet contest. And I'm also a half game behind Todd in the teaser contest. There's really only, you know, two teasers to make because we won't tease the Super Bowl. There's no choices there. Sure. But, but this week and then conference championship Sunday. So I have a half game to make up with two picks. So I have to use game theory here. Todd... Um, Todd teased, I believe, the Bills and the Rams. Um, I teased the 49ers, and I went through the zero with the Titans because I like the Titans in this game, plus two and a half. There was some violent disagreement with me teasing through the zero. I pointed out, hey, Amal Shaw has actually talked about this on our show, not in a game theory sense, but in a betting sense. And one of the guests said, Amal Shaw should be suspended for VEASAN if he actually said that on air. And who was this genius? Well, I gave you the two choices. I don't know. Why don't you be more... Las Vegas Chris, if I have to be I don't know who the hell pre- this guy is. I'm looking up on Twitter. He must be so handsome. He couldn't put his face on there. But other than that, I don't give a damn what somebody's got to say. We're talking about a one-off situation. I, I don't really care what somebody who I don't even know has to say. Do you want me to sit there and acquiesce to every single person? Do you know how many people hate me? I always say, if you're not doing something wrong and 25% of people don't hate you, you're not doing anything right. The argument is that every number between the threes has little value. Two, one, one, two, the zero... 
But then why, you know what? He should have manned up and booked your action. You should have told him, listen, I'm going to fire 11K on it. Do you want to take it or not? Well, you did that with one of our guests. So let's talk specifically about the Bengals-Titans game to start off with chronologically as well. This number at three and a half, but boy, it's going up. I see it tick to four in a lot of spots, four and a half in some as well here, Amal. Do you think this game is teasable? Uh, I'm on the side of the Titans here. If you if you lean Bengals, do you tease it up, or how are you going to attack this game? Uh, I wouldn't. I like the Titans straight. I think mm-hmm. they're going to cover this number. I think this is a great matchup for Tennessee against Cincinnati in this one. Good opportunity. I mean, if you said to Tennessee, look, before the season started, you don't have to face both uh, t- excuse me, Kansas City and Buffalo. you got an opportunity, and you're going to be at home. This is, Mike Vrabel couldn't have asked for a better scenario here. Yeah, I agree with you here. I thought the Raiders game, if anything, had to have sent, had to have Tennessee licking their chops a little bit. Uh, I don't think they really wanted to see the Patriots had the Patriots up at the Bills, and we know the Patriots' defense didn't play well. I think they match up better with Cincinnati. Look, the Raiders did not try to run the football. You're not going to get that from Vrabel. Tennessee is going to be able to run the football on Cincinnati. Now, how much Derrick Henry has to give him, I don't know. I think he's. they've said that they're going to try to limit him to 15 touches, but nobody plays better situational football than the Tennessee Titans. I think they have the coaching advantage in a game from a game management standpoint with Vrabel. And I also think this is a really tough spot for Tennessee or for Cincinnati having played the game and now having to go on the road. Remember, in the last eight weeks of the regular season, Cincinnati only played one true road game, that being at Denver. I don't count the Cleveland game at the end because they weren't playing for anything and didn't play anyone. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, we'll see how this thing plays out here. But I I just think, you know, the one thing we're worried about Derrick Henry's foot, but I look at the fact that this guy's been able to physically rest for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about teams that have now, Cincinnati has played in 18 games. This is going to be the 19th game of the year. You got a healthier Derrick Henry, assuming you know he gets activated today. This team's going to be in a dangerous spot, especially with the way they like to run the ball. Cincinnati's defensive front banged up a bit. I think it's a great opportunity for them. Okay, let's go to the second game on Saturday, and I think this game is is going to get teased. Um, Packers, 49ers, this line six. We see it ticking down to five and a half in some spots. Of course, the injury questions on the 49ers side haven't all been answered. This is a game that could go either way. Amal. Do you like playing the 49ers and taking them up through 10 to 12 or 13? Do you like teasing the Packers down to a pick? Or do you attack the game straight from both perspectives or pass? You know, I'm going to pass on this one. I would make an argument on both sides. Look, I think the Packers win the game. But it's tempting to take San Francisco plus 11.5 points simply because of how bad the Green Bay run defense has been. I think if San Francisco can run the ball effectively, they've got a chance here. I think if you're San Francisco, you've got to shorten the game. You've got to make it a scenario or situation where you're keeping that Green Bay offense off the field as much as possible. I do believe the Packers win this game. So, I mean, I'm not opposed to bringing them down to where they're basically to win the football game. So, I mean, for me, it really comes down to which side do you favor. Here's my perspective on this game. Yeah. On Christmas Day, it took four Baker Mayfield interceptions to stop Cleveland from winning that game at Lambeau. Right. When the game still meant something to Green Bay for home field advantage. Okay, you pick. Would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Jimmy G? I'd rather go direct snap to Debo Samuel or Nick Chubb. Which quarterback would you rather have? Probably Baker. Really? I know I wouldn't want to live on the difference. Would you rather have the Browns running game or the 49er running game? Uh, the Browns. Okay. Would you rather have the Browns defense or the 49ers defense? 49ers. All right. I think that you could argue either way on the quarterback and running game question, but I think clearly San Francisco has a better defense here, and I rate them a shot to win this game. Um, I would put them. I would not tease the Packers down. I would tease the 49ers up. All right, first game on Sunday, Rams at Bucks, a rematch of Week Three. 
Uh, there was no Antonio Brown for the Buccaneers. This game was really a shootout when you go back and you look at all the statistical information. The Rams had the lead. Bucks were playing catch-up. 38-28 was the final from SoFi. This game at three right now in favor of the home team and defending champion Buccaneers. Do you tease the Rams up in this spot? Do you like the Rams straight up or do you like the Bucks straight up? I would tease the Rams up to nine. I think this game, whoever wins, is going to be a one-score game. Three, four, or seven either side. Uh, I think the Rams have great opportunity here just simply because of the Buccaneers' injuries. I think that'll have an impact on this one finally. It'll catch up with Tampa a little bit. I thought it was a complete mismatch against a Philadelphia team that just didn't have the ability to come from behind against this Tampa team. Whereas the Rams, I think with Stafford, if they get off to a fast start, it'll be a challenge. And I think Jalen Ramsey is going to be able to lock down uh, Evans. You know, without Godwin, we'll see the impact in this game. Bills and Chiefs, the late game on Sunday from Arrowhead. Uh, October 10th, Sunday night football. The Bills smacked them down 38-20. Chiefs, two-and-a-half-point favorite here. Do you tease the Bills up? Do you like the Chiefs in this spot? Do you like the Bills straight? I like the Kansas City Chiefs straight up. I love this spot here. 38-20, you mentioned a revenge game. Remember, this team has won 10 out of their last 11 games. Only in one of those games have they given up more than 25 points during that stretch. This Buffalo team played extremely well, but I think there's a little bit of recency bias in terms of what they did against New England. I thought the New England Patriots are a good matchup for them, but I think Kansas City's defense is playing far better than they did earlier this year when they played against the Buffalo Bills. And I think the one thing is, I'm not trying to sit there and suggest that this team has become the 2000 Ravens defensively. As long as they're sufficient enough to get off the field on third down in certain spots, I think with Patrick Mahomes, yeah, you played well against him the first time. You're giving me Mahomes and this offense at home less than a field goal. I'm going to take my chance on them every day of the week. If Tennessee beats Cincinnati, and I, I'm going to ask you potential point spreads in, in AFC match, championship game matchups, Kansas City at Tennessee, what's the spread? Kansas City at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Ten, uh, Kansas City is probably about a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Buffalo at Tennessee. Same thing, Buffalo about a one one point favorite. Yeah, I said Buffalo one, maybe Kansas City one and a half. Other people tend to think Kansas City would be a full three Might uh, be. at Tennessee in that game. All right, let's take a look at some of the props for the divisional weekend. Let's start with most passing yards. Uh, and in six of the eight quarterbacks, they've played their opponent earlier in the year. Tom Brady is the favorite at plus four dollars. Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are plus four fifty. Matt Stafford is plus five dollars. Joe Burrow plus five fifty. Josh Allen, 6-1, to one, Ryan Tannehill and Jimmy G are both 10-1. to one. In terms of looking at what they did in the previous contest, now, as I mentioned, the Bucs were playing from behind the whole game at SoFi. Brady, 41-55 of 55 for 432. I can't conceive he's going to throw 55 passes this weekend. And in that game, Matt Stafford um, was 27 for 38 for 343 with four touchdowns and no interceptions. Mahomes in that game against Buffalo, 33 of 54, 272, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Josh Allen was 15 for 26 for 315, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He also rushed for 60 yards on 11 carries and had a touchdown. Um, Burrow and Tannehill have not played their opponents, and when Jimmy G played Aaron Rodgers, he went for 257 on 25 of 40, two touchdowns, one interceptions. Aaron Rodgers went 23 of 33, 261. Uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That game, the Packers built up a big first-half lead and held on 30-28. to 28. Anything stand out here for you in terms of most passing yards this weekend? Uh, you know, I think Stafford's got a shot here at 5-1. to one. Cooper Cup, I think, is going to have to have a big bounce-back game. Uh, we saw what OBJ was able to do. Burrow, if this team finds a way, I think Burrow can be very effective because, remember, they can use Mixon in the screen game as well, so that's something to pay attention to. Chase and T. Higgins. 
Both are going to be dangerous against this Tennessee team, especially if you don't get pressure on Burrow. Well, let's transition into most receiving yards in Divisional Weekend. Cooper Cooper Cup is your favorite at plus five dollars. Devontae Adams plus five fifty. Cup uh, in his previous effort against the the Bucks, nine catches, ninety six yards, two touchdowns. Devontae Adams against the Rams, twelve for one thirty two with the touchdown. Diggs against Kansas City had two for sixty nine. Evans against the Rams, eight for one hundred six. Kelsey against the Bills, 6 for 57, and Tyreek had 7 for 63. Gronk had 4 for 55 against the Rams. Debo had 5 for 52. Anybody jump out at you there? Cup and Adams are the favorites, then 10 to 1 on any or higher on anyone else. Yeah, I think uh, Chase at 10 to 1, Hill at 16 to 1. I mean, because one thing with Tyreek Hill, you can easily get a 75-yard play out of him in one possession, and then next thing you know, over the course of the game, he's got six, seven other catches. He could have a huge day as well. Not a bad night for us yesterday on the hardwood. 5-0 and in college hoops. You yeah, were 3-0? Yeah, Point I think two. maybe you can stay off these first period uh, games. Yeah. Coin tosses? Well, you know, I like a little action. When we come back, college basketball tonight. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is odds on with mike palm and amal shaw on vcin the sports betting network Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, or Amal's personal favorite, Citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. I am Mike Palm. He's a mall shot. In 15 minutes, we're going to have Sean King, a Super Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and currently co-host um, Nightcap here on this network. That's 7 to 10 Pacific time, Monday through Friday here on VEASAN with, with your friend, Tim Murray. Uh, did you want me to comment? I didn't know. I, I thought you'd like to refute it. All right, let's get to the college basketball tonight, Amal. And let's start out in the Big Ten. You know we have a quadruple header on FS1 tonight. Very interesting. Providence, Georgetown. Uh, yes. I this that is the second game. That's the second game? This is the second game, the Purdue and Indiana game. Oh, okay. Uh, from Assembly Hall in Bloomington, Indiana, fourth-ranked Purdue. 
fresh off their double overtime victory in Champaign on Martin Luther King Day on Monday, uh, invades in-state rival Indiana, Purdue 4-2 and two in the Big Ten, 15-2 and two overall. Amal, they've won nine straight over the Hoosiers in this rivalry. Indiana comes in at 13-4, and 4-3. Four, four and they, they also played on Martin Luther King Day, winning 78-71 in Lincoln. Didn't cover the closing line, though, of eight. Purdue, a three-and-a-half-point road favorite with a total down from 144 in the overnight to 141, Amal. I think it's a tough game to call. I lean towards Indiana, but my one concern, excuse me, when I look at this Hoosier team is, can Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson do an effective job against Travion Williams and Zach Eady inside? These guys are monsters by comparison size-wise to those two guys, so I think it'll be a real challenge here. And then the perimeter, which team can knock down the three-point looks when they get it? Ivy and Stefanovic, can they do it? And can um, this uh, Indiana team capitalize on their opportunities when they get them? Pass for you. Yeah, this is a tough game. This, this would be an game in-game. for me, too. Yeah, I thought... Number's be... about right. I'd have made it three. Best game of the night, for sure. You think so? Yeah, which game do you think is better? Well, SMU-Memphis could be a very good game. The problem with SMU is they're inconsistent, especially when you get them away from Moody. I don't like this team... Uh, very guard-reliant. The big men get into foul trouble a little bit too much, and then they, they can be turnover-prone and bad shot selection. All right, times. let's turn back the clock to 2 o'clock Pacific for the opener of the, of the quadruple header on FS1. This is back to the Big East at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence. Georgetown comes a call, and boy, is this Hoya team bad. And we watched them on Sunday uh, in the middle of football in that game against St. John's. 0-3 in the Big East, 6-8 and overall. They've lost four straight. Um... And in their three Big East losses by an average of 21 points a mole. Providence comes in ranked 21st, 4-1 and in the Big East, 14-2 and overall. But they haven't played since January 8th when they beat St. John's 83-73. to This game was 11.5 on the overnight. We saw some Hoyas money here down to 10. The total also down from 144.5 on the overnight to 142. I really want to take Providence on this one. Uh, I just allowed this number to scare me off. It's simply because... I just couldn't figure out what this line was in 12 or 13, and I saw the number being bet down. Probably end up taking a smaller play here on Providence. Mike, there's no way you can back Georgetown. I'll tell you right now, you know, I was talking about uh, Tom Crean getting the axe. I was just on a show elsewhere, and I said, Tom Crean's going to be out fairly quickly at Georgia. I'll tell you right now, Patrick Ewing, is going he should ask him, where does he go file the unemployment claim? Because it's going to be fairly soon with the paranoia with him right now. This team has been bad, god-awful, putrid. I mean, they're not even competitive in these games. All right, let's go now to the Pac-12. This is 4.30 on the Pac-12 network. 16th-ranked USC in Boulder against Colorado. USC lost two of their last three. Remember, at Stanford and at home to Oregon, they, they are 14-2 and two overall, 4-2 and two in the Pac-12. Colorado also 4-2 in the Pac-12, 12-4 overall. Colorado's won six of their last seven with the only loss in Tucson against Arizona. USC up a half point from the overnight, one and a half to two, total 137 them all. Didn't play this game. Looking at the home team here, I like the Buffaloes the way they're playing. Uh, Walker's been outstanding for this team. And then the big man, Evan Batty, inside. I think he'll present some challenges because of his just size overall. Obviously, we know USC's got an advantage with the length, particularly with Isaiah Mobley. But to me, SC shoots the ball inconsistently, and that could be a problem. And, Mike, another thing to pay attention to, altitude tonight in Boulder, Becomes a bit of a factor in these games in the second half. Could be something that rears itself in this one. And then remember last night I talked about AM's inability to shoot free throws. They go 5 for 13 at the free throw line. USC is horrifically bad. 61% from the foul line. You are not going to win big games, especially on the road, 
when you were 350th in uh, free throw percentage. A&M almost cost me the cover in that game that they led by double digits in the first half last night, hanging on to lose by six. We're getting seven and a half. You had a good middle yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Kentucky was minus a point and a half, mm-hmm. second half. You could tell they were struggling to shoot the basketball. Kellen Grady, you're going to get him to miss four three-point opportunities in the first half. You know they're going to bounce back and tell you what, UK's tough. they got a Big game Saturday against Auburn. All right, next up, the third game of the the four on FS1. This is at 6 o'clock here in the West Coast, 8 o'clock local time from Hinkle Fieldhouse. UConn ranked 25th, 3-2 in the Big East, 12-4 overall, taking on Butler, 2-4 in the Big East, and and 9-8. Amal, this is a back-to-back game. They just played on Tuesday in Hartford. Remember, we talked about this game on Tuesday? Yep. UConn was a 13 and it closed 13 and a half, won by 17, 76 to 59, went over the total of 125 and a half. Tonight, the number eight and a half and a total of 128 and a half. This could be an interesting matchup here when you look at these two teams. I, I think, normally speaking, I would look at Butler in a revenge spot here, but Mike, I don't like this game. Um, I don't know if you can rely on UConn shooting as poorly as they did in the first game and still winning by a large margin, and Butler can't shoot the basketball anyway. Uh, stay away spot here for me. This was a pass. If anything, I'd take the points, but it's a pass for me here. Yeah. All right, 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, p- Pacific time on ESPNU from Maples Pavilion. Number three, Arizona, still undefeated in the Pac-12, 4-0, 14-1 overall. Remember, their only loss was at Tennessee. Taking on Stanford, who is 3-2 in the Pac-12, 10-5 overall. Amal, Arizona, four conference wins. Average margin of victory is 20. Stanford lost at Washington State on the Palouse um, 67-64, last out. Yeah. Arizona laying 9.5 here with a total of 151. A little bit of a high number, but I'll tell you what, I think this Arizona team is going to cause real problems for Stanford. They can get up and down the floor. You know, it's just simply because the number I would take Stanford, but didn't play this game. This Arizona team, they hit that four- to six-minute stretch during a game where they just absolutely decimate you because they can go so quickly, whether it's on a made basket, a miss, they're long, uh, this is a tough, tough team. I-, I can't wait to see in March. And now, right now, you look in the standings, two of the top three teams out west now with uh, Gonzaga 1 and Arizona at 3. So pay attention to these teams in terms of March Madness futures. I thought you might have a play on this game. I don't know what your plays are. I haven't seen yet. 8 o'clock, the final game on FS1, 8 o'clock Pacific from the Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City. Ninth-ranked UCLA at Utah. UCLA 3-1 and one in the Pac-12, 11-2 overall. Utah really struggling. Um, all they've lost six in a row. They're one and seven in conference play, eight and ten overall. UCLA three and zero oh in true road games so far this year. The Bruins lane nine and a half with a total of one forty four. I think UCLA absolutely smothers them, but I don't want to lay this number. Yeah. It, it just it's just a big number on the road. That's my thing. Um, yeah. You know, Mike. Here's the thing. If you're just look at it from just this standpoint, UCLA wins by eight or twelve. Does it make a difference? Nope. They, they could have a working yeah. margin lead all game long, and that's why I don't want to touch this game. I don't like this Utah team. Oh. I just think they're bad. I think they're poorly coached. Um, if you look at them, this team, their sets, they, they're just not effective in terms of what they do so many times. Um, th- this is probably now, these guys are starting to approach that Oregon State level of bad in the Pac-12. I alluded to the next game earlier, 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific time on ESPN2 from the FedEx Forum in Memphis. SMU at Memphis. SMU 4-1 and one in the American, 13-4 and four overall. They've won 10 of their last 11, the sole loss being at Cincinnati. Memphis coming off back-to-back losses at UCF and at ECU, 9-7, and 3-3 three and three overall. The Tigers are laying six at home here. Greg Peterson, our college hoops expert outside of Amal Shaw, said Penny Hardaway may be the worst coach in Division I basketball. Well, he's obviously never watched several other teams play, I mean, because you wouldn't even make that reference. 
Go watch Smith of Utah. They don't even have a damn clue what they're doing in terms of running a set or when to call a timeout. There's so many coaches. Last night I was watching a game, and I forgot which one it was. I'm like, what are you waiting for this 10-0 run? It was DePaul. Mm. I was like, Stubblefield, what are you doing? Make the timeout call after they cut the lead from 12 to 6. Um, but, look, they got talent there. That's the difference. Bates is going to be a guy who's not even going to be eligible for this draft. He's going to be back next year. This team is dangerous. I just think SMU is a little bit inconsistent in terms of turning the basketball over. Mike, I think the home team covers this game. I think SMU is uh, going to be in a little bit of trouble here. The size of Memphis is going to be a problem. I like Memphis in this game. All right, one more game here. UNLV at Air Force, 6 o'clock from Clune uh, Arena in Fort Collins. I've been wrong on UNLV the last two times. I took them against Fresno and lost. I went against them at San Jose State and lost. Um, they're ten and seven, two and two in the in the Mountain West. Air Force eight and seven, one and three, and have lost six of seven. UNLV laying six on the road here. Yeah, and you mentioned it. Air Force comes in having lost three in a row. The big problem is the lack of scoring. And remember, this is a team that always has height challenges in terms of rebounding. So I think UNLV's got a good opportunity to be able to cover despite being on the road uh, in Colorado Springs. All right. Up next, we're going to take a look at the divisional matchups with our own Sean King. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on Championship Weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VSIN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on vsin.com. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with the Mulshaw, still efforting Sean King. I know um, he and Tim Murray are voracious uh, preparers for their show. They do a lot of work, so they might already be into that mode preparing for tonight's uh, telecast. I think Sean King's going to be persona non grata here. Oh, not, not here. You mean just on this show? show not yeah. in this. Yeah, you can't. No, you can't. Derek this is an 0 for 2. This is an 0 Derek. for 2. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about two, two times we yeah. were supposed can to have we, on. Can we get Ian? Call Ian. We'll talk about the two other games. Um, I want to ask you a question, and we'll get back into some of these props for championship weekend. I want to ask you a question because I have an opinion on this. The NFL expanded to seven teams in the playoffs out of each conference and eliminated the bye for the second team in the first round. Would you rather go back to the format of six teams with the top two getting a bye, expand to eight where no one gets a bye, or keep it the way it is at seven? I would rather go to eight, and the reason is even though it would water it down, I, the one thing I don't like in the NFL playoffs is that you're giving a team a bye, they have to play one less game. Think about it in the NBA, NHL, MLB. Regardless, yeah, you can win a series in four games, and the opponent could potentially go seven games, and then you match up with the next series, but... That's their own fault that they didn't uh, finish off the series. I, I just don't think you give that much of an advantage. It's such a huge edge to have that one week off. You're already at home. Uh, so I, I would rather see it go to eight games, but, you know, excuse me, eight teams. But we saw how watered down some of these teams getting in in the seventh spot already are. Do we want an eighth team? It's like college football, talking about 12 teams. Do we really need 12 teams in a college football playoff? It might be a little knee-jerk, um, but, boy, the two seven seeds just it seemed like they didn't belong this year. That I two, agree. Those two sevens weren't even games. No, I completely agree. Of course, if things break differently and maybe it's the, the Chargers are in, it, it's something different. But what would you have gotten in the NFC? You'd have got the Saints. So, I mean, 
There, there seemed to be a clear line of demarcation after the six seeds this year. Well, it's not like the Chargers would have stopped anybody. Yeah, no, they wouldn't at all. Um, let's get back to these uh, these props. We talked about we talked about quarterback with the most passing yards and receiver with the most receiving yards. How about which game will be the highest scoring game? Bills and Chiefs, the favorite here at just plus one twenty, and then the other three are all about the same price: Rams, Bucks, plus three thirty. 49ers, Packers, plus 350, and Bengals, Titans, plus 360, Amal. You know, uh, this is interesting when you look at this one. Um, I mean, this Bengals team, really, I I didn't expect them to play this well this year. So I think, if anything they do at this point in time, shouldn't come as much of a surprise going forward. I mean, when you look at this game, I think there's a possibility with both defenses uh, having some challenges and some issues, you could see this be a higher scoring game. So I, I I wouldn't mind taking a shot at this one at plus 360. If I asked you which game featured the best two defenses, what would you say? Uh, I would say the 49ers-Packers. Uh-huh. Where would you put the Rams-Bucks in there? I would put them second. And the reason why, though, is because I think the Packers, even though they're weak against the run, mm-hmm. San Francisco is going to primarily try to run the football. And I think if you look at this Green Bay team, they've done a good job against the pass. Um, and we know the 49ers, it's a solid defense. But, you know, if you want to make an argument for the Rams and Buccaneers, i got no problem with that. The Rams I, are outstanding. Buccaneers have a great run I, defense. I make the argument that won't be the highest scoring game. Which one? The Rams and Buccaneers. And, yeah. and to your theory, the 49ers and Packers. So if you eliminate the middle two choices, you're left with plus 360 and plus 120 if you wanted to bet it. Yeah, I mean, just based on the way. Yeah, that's why I said the Bengals, though, just based on the price. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about the highest scoring team on division weekend? You just mentioned the Bengals. They're the second longest shot at 12 to 1. Chiefs are favored at plus three thirty. Bills and Packers are both both plus four dollars. Bucks five to one. Titans seven to one. Rams plus eight fifty. And the 49ers, the longest shot at fourteen to one. Um, the Titans at seven to one. Their Bengals twelve to one. Wow. Um, probably take a shot with them. I think Kansas City's got a potential to be that team, but I think it's going to be an AFC team. That that I'm fairly confident in. I could be wrong, obviously. Because of the designated hitter. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> because of the designated lack of defense. Yeah. All right. How about some Aaron Rodgers playoff specials that DraftKings has put out? How about you do the guessing lines here on this? I'm going to give you the prop, and you tell me what it's set at. Aaron Rodgers' total playoff passing yards. 272. No, this is for the, the, oh, the whole playoffs. Per- could be one game, could be two games, could be three games. Um, I've, I don't have a clue, man. I mean, let, let's, just, let's just base it on... 290 a game, so uh, 870, 900. Let's How about 900? 1,094 and a half. Go under. Way under. Yeah. You'll bet this. Yeah. Uh, Aaron. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. This can't be right. It says odds are 50 to 1. He won if he goes over 1,094. Mm-hmm. 50 to 1. That's worth a shot, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll make some bad calls pre flop that are far worse than this. Well, what does he have to have? 350 gets you to 1050, right? So he's got to have 365 a game. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot, though. Wow. That's no wonder why it's 50 to 1 now that you say it that but way. But it's 200, 220 yards over what you say. Uh, but 50 to 1 is long. It is long. And if he has a good first two games, you know, you can you can get yourself into a position in the well, Super Bowl. Hold on one thing, though. Remember a couple factors with Rodgers, though. You're going to play two games in Green Bay. In Lambeau. And the other problem is if they lose one of the games. Is he going to throw oh, up yeah. for 547 a no, game? This and is, you're still short by half you, a yard, you, by they, the way. They have to... They, 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 the, the greatest scenario is they're behind in all three games, right? <laughs> <That's exactly right. laughs> but they yeah, come exactly. back and win. How about another long shot at 25 to one? Will he have 10 or more passing touchdowns? 
Uh, that one is more realistic than the other uh, one with the 1094. And, that, and that's half the price. <laughs> yeah, 25, 25 instead of 50. Well, you, the problem is you got to have a four spot in one of the games. That's the big challenge. I mean, in a playoff game, it seems difficult to necessarily get a four spot unless the other team is scoring also. And then the last one, also 50 to one, will he have over 90.5% completion percentage? No, I think it's over 90 and a half completions. Oh, completions. I'm sorry. 90 and a half completions. If you said over 90% it. completion percentage, I would have taken the under. Yeah, but they don't give the, they don't give the no price. That's only the uh, yes price here. The, uh, I would 91 say no. completions? No, that's 30, 30 a game. Which is more realistic at 50 to 1? Over the 11, uh, over the 1094 or over the, the 90 and a half completions? Over the 90 and a half, but listen, they're right. going to be correlated. If you're going to take the I over know. 90 and a half, you better take the over 1094 and a half. I think it's easier to get to the over 90 and a half than it is to get to the. To the to I don't the know. Why don't we have a prop on? Is he going to get hit by a bus before the game starts? I mean, some of these are just so out of whack. Will the sun come up tomorrow? <laughs> now, it's off the board. The lowest scoring team of all in the divisional round. The 49ers are favored at $3. The Bengals, I bet you're not taking this, at plus 350. Rams 4 to 1, Titans 7 to 1, Bucks 8 to 1, Bills 9 to 1, Packers 9 to 1, Chiefs 12 to 1. I I don't know. I mean, Listen, let's just talk college basketball and games we can actually bet on in this nonsense. I can see a scenario with the Bucks at eight to one. That's fair. They were zero against the Saints. They had zero, zero. That might win it. Zero. At least it would share I mean, you it. Know, right? You know, here's the problem. I am never making any of these bets, so I don't want to sit there and tell somebody, "Hey, you know, take a look at this one." I, it's just I feel like it's a complete crapshoot unless you see a real edge one way or the other. I'm not well versed on this enough to make an educated comment on it. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Okay, let's let's do what you requested. Go back and talk college <laughs> basketball. How about in the Mountain West tonight at six o'clock from the D. Glenn Smith Spectrum in Logan, <laughs> Utah? Boise State travels to play Utah State. Boise State undefeated in the Mountain West, four and 13 and four. They've won ten in a row overall, four in a row on the road. Utah State ten and eight, just one and four in league play. They've lost four out of five. This game was originally scheduled. For January 4th, Boise catching one on the road here, Amal. Yeah, this was a game I was taking a look at uh, with, uh, excuse me, Utah State at home. Boise State, remember we talked about earlier with USC, inability to shoot free throws. Same thing with Boise at 61, at 60%. This just team is bad at shooting free throws, and that's going to be something you have to consider down the stretch in a game like this. I got to lean towards Utah State here. This was my original play I looked at, but Utah State comes in having lost three in a row. I have not played particularly well. Dealing with a couple of injuries as well. That's a concern for me. So um, I'm leaning towards Utah State. Mike, I think I'll wind up on this game. What I'm on say? Boise State. Oh, good for you. I'm taking the road the road dog here. So I, I, I can't take road chalk and listen to you about that. I'm not worried about it. Let me tell They're you something. They're a better something. team than Utah State. They play well on the road. They've won right. four in a row on the road. Let me ask Don't you. Don't start with this Missouri mem- uh, and, and Mississippi game from last year. What are you you always about? like throw that in my face. No, <laughs> that was Auburn, by the way. Get it right. Get no, it tight. It was twice. It was Auburn. It was twice. It was down on the plane. You twice. tried to take three and a half oh, with Conzo and Martin. That, How did that work out for you, baby? It was over at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is I think Utah State is a better team than they've shown so far during this stretch. Um, I think Boise is a solid team, but to me, they're a little bit inconsistent, not that based on this year, based on who they faced off against. I just feel like going on the road in Logan, Rice's team generally not as good in my opinion, on the road in conference play, I would look at Utah State here. By the way, how are you going to take them? I, we might as well take each other and not lay the juice. We might as well just bet each I got, other. I got a great story for you. Michigan's playing Illinois years 30 ago. Thirty seconds to break. Should That's, we save it till after the break? 
We, we can save it. Yeah, we can save it till after the break. All right. I just don't want to cut you off and, and ruin it. Why not? You do that every other day. No, that's not true. At I all. know that is not. But I you're do not. cut you off more than you cut me off. I'll uh, tell you that. Well, sure. uh, congratulations. I know. We'd like to thank Sean King for joining us during this segment. It really was uh, really was uh, t- top of the charts here. Great information. All right. When we come back, Amal will have a story. Yeah. We'll give our picks and then maybe some NBA. That's next. Odds on. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here. With Damal Shaw for our final segment. Um, congrats. Last night, 3-0. and And really, you didn't have many sweats in these games. I thought they were all clear winners. Well, TCU trailed at one point 10 to 6. But then they, they, were, never, ahead. they were ahead. They had the whole game. And so by they the way, lost by one. Yeah. <laughs> Fouled. And by the way, it was fortunate because they made both free throws late in that game. Uh, Oklahoma State did. They win the game by one. Creighton and, routed. Creighton, yeah, Creighton was a laugher. Yep. And then... Um, DePaul. DePaul trailed for about uh, 90 seconds and the rest of the night afterward they blew the lead in that game. I held on with uh, Texas A&M and then got probably maybe a fortunate whistle on Keegan Keegan Murray with a second to go at the rack. And uh, uh, Rutgers makes the two free throws and, and wins outright as a three-and-a-half-point dog. I was shocked how low scoring that game was, Amal. We talked about Iowa's proclivity to score. They scored 46 points in that game. I got to give our pro, uh, producer Britton Hess credit. He, he calls me up. And he goes, "Hey, uh, I'm going to play the second half under 78." I was looking at something else, wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. By the way, they wouldn't have gotten a 78 if they had three days, unless they had the official calling that foul on Keegan Murray at the end of the game. I was surprised that uh, Fran McCaffrey is it Fran McCaffrey? Yes. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. He, he, if there was ever a time to go full Bobby Knight and toss a chair, this was it. In 30 years, this was the best opportunity. It was one of the worst foul calls I've ever seen. I was looking for Mike Krzyzewski and Pete Gaudet on that sideline when I saw that foul call. And then how about the bad coaching by Steve Peichel not to miss the second free throw by Ron Harper Jr.? Because you're up by one with two seconds remaining. Then you just have to heave the ball at the basket. It's exactly. I'm like, why would you not sit there and just put into a scenario? By the way, what was the play Oklahoma ran down three with four seconds left? One dribble and, and shoot at 80 feet? You see the end of that game? 
I was I was hoping that Kansas was going to foul and foul back, and if and it, you could have covered if they make more free throws, right? That would have been too much common sense. It would, it would have, by, by the way, let me tell you the quick story real quick. Oh, yeah, that's right. Michigan, something to do with Michigan. So we were talking about Michigan playing Illinois in 2010. So my best friend and I are out here, and he liked Michigan. I liked Illinois. He lays Michigan. You're talking about you and I betting yeah. the uh, Boise State-Utah uh, State game. So I'm a guy that under two and a half points, I generally take the money line. I take Illinois on the money line, and he takes Michigan minus two and a half. And we don't want to bet each other because we made a big bet on the game. He, he bet 44 to win four, and I bet 4,000 on Illinois on the money line. So, like, I, we're business partners. We're not going to take each other's money. We end up losing 8,400 combined. <laughs> Michigan wins the game 65-63 in, I don't know, triple, quadruple overtime, whatever it was, because Illinois missed the two-point conversion and Michigan converted theirs. I don't know if you remember the game. It I was don't a, remember the it, game. It was an insanely high-scoring game, but I was like, I, when you brought that up, I thought about that. I just remember him and I were like, I would have been like, listen, man, I wish we, we were like, we shouldn't have bet the game, period. It, would, it, just, it was so bad. We did do actually do one real bet. You remember it? Clemson LSU? Yeah, yeah, Clemson, yeah, LSU. yeah, yeah, yeah. Clemson LSU. The, uh, that was very nice of Mike, though. Mike, Mike being the classy guy that he said, okay, let's reduce the bet, and it yeah. worked out well for me because I got smoked in that we game. We did. You know what? I, I don't think looking back on that LSU team in 2019, I, I think Alabama 2020 and LSU 2019 have not gotten the credit for how great they've been. LSU had 10 players drafted in the first 110. They matched Ohio State in the 2003 draft and the 2020 draft to having 14 players drafted. And look how good Jefferson, Chase, and Burrow have been in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, maybe I go to you into this because I asked you about it yesterday, but we haven't gotten any uh, Australian Open bets yet. You're going to come with a play today. Yeah, well, first of all, there were too many lists the previous days, but this is one I like. Victoria Azarenka against Alina Svitolina Monfils. She's 4-0 in her career against her, minus 310. Madison Keys really playing well, bouncing back, minus 450 in this one. And the Paula bedosa Gibert uh, at minus $4. This pays 102. So, again, uh, Azarenka, Keys, and Bedosa uh, combined at minus 310, minus 450, and minus $4 in a parlay, plus 102. You know, Mike, I laid off two games that I didn't put on here today, and, and I'm telling you, I'm going to end up on this game. I know you like Boise State, and so if I don't play it, obviously I'm going to be rooting for you here, but I, I like Utah State, and I just am a little bit concerned that they've been stagnant since earlier in the year. This team has not played well. They've lost three in a row. I feel like this is an opportunity for them to bounce back. And then the other game that I looked at, a little bit concerned because Washington's playing better, Oregon State at home, two and a half against the Huskies. This Oregon State team has been completely inept at times, but they're still pretty decent from an athletic standpoint. Washington just doesn't shoot the ball particularly well. Yeah, I'm on Boise here. I just think they're the better team. If they were if they were at home here, I think they'd be six and a half, seven. I would agree with you. Right? And I don't know. They played well on the road. They're four, four straight wins on the road here. They've been good in conference play. They're at the top of the conference. You know, they're going to be competing with San Diego State and Colorado State. I think you got to win these games that are winnable on the road. I'll take them plus one in this spot. I know you're on the other side, so I don't like it that much. Talk to me more about that Pac-12 game. Yeah, well, Washington's starting to play a little bit better. Brown's been outstanding at the lead guard position for this team, but I look at them, and they just don't shoot the ball well enough to go on the road and win this game. Um, The problem is when you got Oregon State, they've got three wins on the year. Their their talent is better than their record. I'm not trying to suggest or imply that they're up there with USC, UCLA, and Arizona, but I feel like they should have been a middle-of-the-pack team. By the way, give Wayne Tinkle credit. Only guy to win three games, get a contract extension, and probably should be fired 15 games into the season. Uh, we didn't talk about the number one ranked team who's playing at home tonight against a decent squad. 
Gonzaga taking on the University of San Francisco. Oh, okay. That's from the kennel. Frisco's 15 and 3. They they routed UNLV earlier in the year. This game is at 8 o'clock Pacific time on CBS Sports. What's it, 18? 16. Okay. No play. No play. I like that. That's good. Guessing the lines. Well, I just, I honestly, I tune, tune out Gonzaga until they come down to the kennel south down here for their two games where they destroy everybody then during the conference tournaments. Uh, you know, it's hard because these numbers are so high with the Zags. By the way, quietly back into the number one spot. I got to ask you Saturday, down on the Plains, Kentucky, at Auburn. Mm-hmm. What do you think the line is? Mm-hmm. And who Auburn like? will be favored. Yeah, Auburn, I think probably three. two. Two or three, yeah. I, I tell That's you. a tough atmosphere. I watch those games. Those Ooh. fans are almost touching the players, oh, it's, right? it's so intimidating. Oh, it's almost like they're on the Brooklyn Nets. They touch yeah. the ball yeah. in my game yeah. in action. <laughs> By the way, I said the coach, Vanderpool, for, yeah. the, for the Brooklyn Nets, 10-game suspension. It is absolutely ridiculous. You imagine if somebody like, let's say, for example, Tyreek Hill's running past Sean McDermott. He dives out and tackles the guy. I mean, it was ridiculous. In a one-possession game, Brooklyn, uh, Washington loses by one last night. That should be a 10-game suspension. You know, I like this guessing lines, and it's. I think we've really revolutionized the network. I'm even going to share it with Gil. Maybe he can do some version of it. But let's do a couple of other college. Well, well we can't do tennis then anymore because our plays are better than theirs. Let's go on a couple of uh, other college basketball games because you understand these schools better than anybody else. Marshall at Florida International tonight. This FIU team could score. I'm going to tell you right now, you want to talk about a team that could play at home in South mm-hmm. Florida? FIU and FAU, you get them away from home, they're going to get boat raced everywhere else. Marshall is struggling. You know, um, you look at this team, they've generally been up-tempo in the past. They're not scoring as efficiently as they have in years past. I'm, I'm assuming this number is FIU about four. How about Marshall minus two and a half? How can that be? You, well, maybe there's an injury that I you haven't ha- looked at have this to game. look at. I know the way you were talking, you were going to have the wrong favorite there. But I, I don't understand this. This, this. You know what? There's another play. Is it too late to change Amal's board? No, it's right. Marshall two and a half here. Add another play for Amal. I'll he be on FIU tonight at home. You won't, have, points. you won't have to fade me. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to fade you. I just, you know, it's funny. I, that was the game I had circled before before last night. I go through all the games before I even look at the numbers, and I look at the matchups, and I said, oh, this game in Logan, this is a good opportunity here. I, I'm just surprised by this Marshall number, Mike. I, it just shocks me. Tulsa at Cincinnati, 6 p.m. Pacific on ESPNU. They got to be catching 9 or 10. 8. Yeah. Cincinnati lane 8 there, so that's no play. You're right on yeah. the number. How about this one? BYU at home against San Diego. Toreros are bad, and I'm going to tell you, this, this number's got to be high. I, I'm going to say somewhere about 15. You nailed it. Like I got your mother's age, 72. 15 right on the number. Hey, my, my range was greater here than you guessed on that one. You had to be within three years probably there. Hawaii at Cal State Bakersfield. Bakersfield's got to be a favorite, probably about 9 to 10 points. Two. Try to. You know, they've minute. only played 12 games. These teams haven't played many games. I'm, I'm confused. Hold on a second. Who was it? Who just. Oh, no, it was Irvine that was at Hawaii. Irvine. That was a five, six point favorite last week. And they lost that game. Hawaii, you know, again, they've won three in a row. It was against, yeah, against Irvine, they won 72 56. And that one, they were a five and a half point home dog. Okay. that was, um, They haven't played Bakersfield so far this year yet. We'll see what they're able to do. All right. Let's do our NBA mention for the week. Suns at Mavs tonight, Amal. A good matchup here in the Western Conference. Suns on this long road trip. Suns laying two and a half on the road with a total of 216. Yeah, back-to-back for Dallas last night. They get the win. Luka was outstanding in the win against the Raptors here. Now, remember, we never used to have back-to-backs in the NBA unless it was on the road. Now these are home game back-to-backs. This Phoenix team quietly flying under the radar uh, just continues to play great basketball. 34-9, and best record uh, in the Western Conference and in the NBA overall. They, they're just outstanding in what, to, what they've been able to do. I, I would lean towards the home team here. 
All right, and the final I'm sorry, game. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Phoenix, I'm sorry, not the home Phoenix team. Phoenix on yeah, the road lane, two and a half. Yeah. Sharks at Kraken. We know about the Seattle home ice advantage. <laughs> it's Aiden Hill against Philip Grubauer. Kraken, a 120 favorite at home with a total of five and a half. Who, who's making these lines here? Jerry Bruckheimer? <laughs> I mean, he's the owner of the Kraken, Kraken right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, are you kidding me? What a home ice for this team. It's, it's built in like they're playing at the Forum or something. <laughs> I, 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 I don't get it. I don't either. All right. We'd like to thank all of our guests today, those that were and were not on. Stay tuned to Visa. Up next, Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.